and welcome to episode 19 of Life from Vader's Castle. Uh, today we're going to be talking all about the Bad Batch two-part finale. And for that, I'm joined by my co-host, John Lee. Hello, John. Hello there, Dan. How are you? Oh, wonderful. <laughs> wonderful, truly wonderful. I, I woke up this morning after a little night at the pub and I don't feel hungover at all, which is brilliant news. Um, it's just the just the perfect way to start your weekend is going to the pub and not waking up hungover the next morning. So I'm filled with filled with energy. What about you? Yeah, that is a dream actually. Like the amount of times you go out on a Friday or Saturday night and spend the next whole day like hungover and you just waste the day of your weekend. But no, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, recording away from the usual location. I'm up in London today, so uh, taking Life Invaders Castle on tour. On tour. <laughs> It's the the uh, the touring setup for for live from Vader's Castle. Yeah, that is very true. The, like the touring setup. I mean, it's all right. I'm here, still here to talk about stars. So it's, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, and we've got a, we've got an exciting episode today. We're going to be talking about the the two part finale of the Bad Batch, the fi- finale of the first season of the Bad Batch. Um, we've got last week's episode. Return to Camino and this week's final episode, Camino Lost, to talk about. Um, makes kind of now, you know, in hindsight, makes quite a bit of sense that we're talking about these two things at the same time because they're very much connected. Um, and yeah, what did you what did you think of the overall of sort of the whole two part finale experience? And then we'll sort of dive into each episode individually. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was really good. I mean. I think in the last previous episodes we've been we've been saying that hopefully the final um is like a two part or a three part or we were hoping for. But two part I think was very good. You know, they both episodes you could definitely watch them in like one scene and they you know, one follows on this exactly from the next. And I think this the story they were telling in those two episodes perfectly finishes this season for the for, for the final. Um, you know, was it like the most groundbreaking action pack season the final we've ever had in Star Wars uh, no but I think the character development that we got in these last two episodes I think was the shining um, you know, shining star of this this final for me yeah so, yeah it was I really enjoyed it I mean there's some you know as a, some very emotional scenes in these last two episodes and that is usually my benchmark for a good Star Wars experience so uh, yeah I very much enjoyed them yeah, yeah, I agree. I think um I think for a season that, you know, a lot of complaints from from some people where it was just sort of like cameo after cameo of just like characters and you know it wasn't focusing on the bad batch. These last two episodes definitely focused on the bad batch, crosshair and Camino and sort of nothing else really, which I thought was um was actually a really sort of a, a strength for these final two episodes. It definitely the season long sort of question of who the Bad Batch were going to be, you know, Crosshair, what was Crosshair's role going forward? You know, was he just bad or was it just a chip? And all these sort of questions that, you know, people have been having the whole season got very well sort of concluded in this, in this sort of two-part finale. And then plenty of unanswered questions to move forward into a second and hopefully third, fourth season. Um, So yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought like some of the action moments were awesome. Um, I thought the 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 music throughout the whole two parter was brilliant. There was you know some really emotional stuff, not just with the characters, but with the the setting, with Camino itself. Um, so yeah, I'm the same. I, th- I, I thought it was really really good. I think it landed on a high, and I think um, I do think this is probably the best first season of an animated Star Wars show. Definitely better than Clone Wars season one. Um, I mean, obviously definitely better than Resistance. But I, I love Rebels, but I do think in terms of consistency of a first season, I think this one this one trumps it. I do think it was a very consistent first season. Great characters. We learned a lot about them this season, but there's still plenty more to learn, um, particularly with Tech and Echo. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where the show goes from here. Yeah, I think the, you know, the confirmation as well that we got a season two um, really helps to... You know, you can appreciate what this season has done, like especially the season finale that we're going to talk about now. You know, you can appreciate what it's doing. It's like, you know, it's setting up a, a larger story that's going to continue 
in like seasons to come. I mean, yeah, as you said, if you take, you know, like Clone Wars season one or Rebel season one, like as a standalone thing, as we're talking about Bad Batch today or like this season, then, you know, Bad Batch obviously is head and shoulders above it. And I think if you took Clone Wars season one and that was like the only Clone Wars stuff we got, I think people would be disappointed and, you know, talking about how crap it is. But, you know, obviously as the story went on, it got better and better. So I can, you know, the high that Bad Batch is now, if that's going to continue the same trend as other Star Wars shows and just get better and better, you know, where's it going to end? I mean, it's just going to be unbelievable by the time, you know, the final season comes about or whenever that is. Yeah, I definitely think... All the all the shows sort of had teething issues at the beginning, and Bad Batch has had some had some teething issues as well. Not quite as major as some of the other shows, but it's definitely had some teething issues. But um, yeah, to, to sort of maintain this level of quality for a whole first season, and for it to be the first season, I think bodes well for the uh, for the future. And um, yeah, I'm definitely excited. Um, I think. Well, I mean, we'll sort of discuss more specifically each individual episode um so we'll start obviously with the first one episode 15 which was called return to camino this was definitely my favorite of the two episodes i thought often with two-part finales i normally prefer the second to last one than the last one i don't know why it just normally goes that way with the exception of like rebels i think of that final final episode of season four was just like chef's kiss but it's normally like the second to last one normally stands out because that's where your sort of big plot twist, which leaves the characters in a hopeless situation that they have to re- rescue themselves in the final episode. So it happens. Um, but yeah, I absolutely loved episode 15. I think it's up there with one of the best episodes of the season for sure. Um, lots of highlights, but sort of main two highlights I'll pick out right now before passing the torch over to you. Seeing the destruction of Camino the shots with all the empty rooms in Camino that we had come to know so well, that really hit me. That was emotional. It was beautiful. Um, that was a really end of an era. I mean, that is really putting the stamp on the prequel era, Camino, the Clone Wars. This chronologically in the timeline of Star Wars really marks the end of that era, seeing Camino destroyed. And I thought that was just a beautiful, beautiful scene. And then everything that happened in that big training room with crosshair, the twists and turns of character all within that one scene, you know, him offering them a chance and thinking, oh, is he is he turning back to good? And then him still being like, join the Empire. And then them fighting together and the Bad Batch theme kicking in. That was a, oh, that was a real pump up moment. And then, yeah, the big reveal that Crosshair's had his chip out a long time and this is just who he is. I thought that scene was so powerful for so many reasons. Um brilliant sort of character work for a lot of the characters in that scene and um yeah i, I, I love that first episode yeah i mean that's just uh, it's a good uh, it's a good point when you raise you know there's usually in the uh penultimate episode penultimate episode there's uh you know that's when the big stuff happens off the top of my head i was just thinking of uh season seven clone wars like i think the episode before the final was you know unbelievable like siege mandalore and like that that ending that was that was unbelievable so yeah, I think this this episode fifteen had a lot of the yeah had a lot of the interesting character points um, that then led on to the next episode, as you said, you know, crosshair and like his inhibitor chip and um, offering them a chance. And yeah, I think as you say, that does put the final nail in the coffin for like this era of Star Wars. Seeing firstly, obviously, the empty rooms in Camino, and then obviously the destruction afterwards. Yeah, that that really is the setting of like we're moving on to the next era of Star Wars. Um, so yeah, it was very symbolic and in, impactful, I think. Um, I just think the points in this episode that I think really, I really enjoyed was like, um, obviously the stuff across crosshair in the training room. That was like some highlights for me. And I think, I think it might've been like, a, it's a much smaller point, but I th- when um, Omega and the Bad Batch are in the, uh, is it Nala says, private lab i really enjoyed that scene that learning more about how the bad batch were developed and like you know there weren't it was kind of implied that their enhancements weren't like completely accidental was like maybe was led on to when we first were introduced to them um in season seven of the clone wars so i like to find out more about that um yeah i think it perfectly set up the next episode you know for the final so yeah unbelievable it was a good episode and i think 
the points that it's set up is some of them were answered in the next episode. I think some are going to hopefully trail on to the next season, um, especially things like Crosshair um, and maybe some more stuff from the NASA's private lab will come up. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's a, a good to pick that scene out. I really like that scene because I think we got quite an important bit of backstory, not just about the bad batch, but about Omega and, I think there's there was always you know question of like why the show needed a character like Omega, how she fit in with a bad batch, and I I think the first season answered that perfectly well in the sense of obviously she was another clone like them, um, which we sort of found out, and then we found out how important she was as a clone, um, and obviously with seeing the destruction of Camino, if the bad batch hadn't taken Omega when they had, she would have ended up dead or experimented on so. Obviously, there were a lot of important reasons as to why it was good that Omega sort of joined the squad. But I think this final, the final, this sort of episode 15 and then subsequently in episode 16 really cemented it because she watched the Bad Batch sort of be developed, obviously, because she's aged normally as opposed to their sort of um, advanced or speedy aging. Um she was like around before the Bad Batch were even there um, and she watched them grow. So she has this like intimate connection with them that the other clones and other characters don't have. And I think Omega clearly so, you know, lonely, stuck in this lab, sort of on her own, just her and Nala say, and to just sort of watching these clones that she sort of looks up to heading off with the regs and, I think it's it's she's finally getting her justice to be a part of that squad and be with you know who she sees her brothers as. Um so I think that was a really important scene and obviously trails on nicely into some of the stuff that happened in episode 16 as well. But yeah, I thought that was a really, really important scene for Omega and her connection to the Bad Batch. And then also it was it was nice to <laughs> for AZ to appear again in that scene. I do like AZ. Um there's got to be some people in the Star Wars community who know all the numbers of AZ's name but I am not one of them <laughs> but yeah it was, it was good to have AZ back and um, see him sort of join the squad at least for these two episodes maybe longer who knows um, but yeah you, you're glad to see the boy AZ back yeah I mean AZ's I mean he's not he's not breaking my top five droids not quite yet but he's definitely you know he's one that warms my heart whenever he shows up Um was is he the same one from the Fives arc in Clone Wars? I, I yeah, probably can yeah. just look look it up. It's been bothering me for ages. He's he's got history with Fives. He was there with Fives. That's the same AZ. That's him. Now I see. Yeah, that boy's goated. You know, like the man's. We've seen him in the past. He's helping our boy Fives, and now he's helping uh, Omega and uh, everyone else. So that's carrying on he's, Fives' he's legacy. <laughs> he is. Yeah, and. You know, I hope we see more of him in season two. Like, I hope he takes like the role of like Chopper or like uh, R two as like yeah the stand-in droid for the squad. Yeah, I'm sorry because obviously, you know, this is sort of jumping to the second episode, but it's fine. When I, when I thought he had died, I thought, oh, that's really sad. Like that was an emotional scene. But then when they rescued him, I was like, he's going to be a part of the squad now. This is going to be the uh, the Bad Batch's Chopper or the. Uh, He's going to be the the token droid of the team, <laughs> which I'm perfectly okay with. I think he's very funny, and I think he'll he'll fit in nicely. Yeah, I mean, I think especially because you know he's a droid from Camino, having spent his entire life in the service of you know helping clones and stuff like that. You know, I'm sure one he's got like a in that data bank of his. I'm sure he must have some interesting information that he could pass on to the uh, bad batch. You know, at some point in season two, maybe. And plus, you know, it's just clones is what he's grown up or not grown up with because he's a droid, but, you know, clones is like how he spent his day in and out. So it makes perfect sense having him be like, yeah, the token droid for the series um, or the squad. So, yeah, uh, he's funny. He's he's helpful. You know, he, he saves, he saved a bad batch in a hitch, you know, this episode. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope we see him again. Yeah, I liked when he um, he got his little action moment when he pushed out the, um, the shelf holding the training droids and knocked out that clone, uh, not the clone, as a non-clone, a, a regular trooper who was about to capture Omega. I thought that was a, that was a cool moment for AZ. It was nice to see him get his little, um, his moment in the, in the, uh, in the spotlight. 
he got his got his, got his moment to be an action star, particularly because the whole episode he was just like, I don't want to do that, we'll be in danger. So he, he got his moment. And then obviously he got a lot of a lot more moments in the in the in the final episode as well. So um got a lot a lot of love for AZ. Yeah, I'm just wondering if they're gonna follow the same pattern of uh having the droids just like commit mass murders and like, you know, in Chopper's case <laughs> war crimes, but I think Chopper took it too far, but even R2 at times was I think he took it sometimes a bit too far. He, I, I feel like towards in some episodes he's enjoying himself a bit too much. So I'm wondering if we'll we'll see the same pattern of AZ just becoming like some mass serial killer. I think AZ's so avert to danger and violence. I feel like we might not see that from AZ. He's certainly no Chopper. I mean, you know, when we seen Chopper in Bad Batch, sort of years before we saw him in Rebels, he was still a feisty young war criminal so I don't I don't I don't think we'll get that from AZ I don't think unless unless I don't know unless him and Chopper bump into each other and he he learns all the wrong lessons <laughs> yeah Chopper shows him the way how to kill as many people as possible yeah exactly exactly he's a he's a scary evil little droid Chopper but we love him we do indeed it was nice to see him again actually in this season so no, I feel like, again, this is something that the season's done well. You know, as we've said in previous episodes, um, characters have come in and they've delivered something that's added to the, the uh, season. And then they've gone, you know, I don't think anyone's overstayed their welcome. Uh, I feel like maybe I was kind of hoping for a little bit more Rex in the season. But I feel like that story is going to be told later on. Um, and the Rex we got was good. Um so I, I, I'm kind of hoping that they've teased him a little bit in this season and then the next season is going to be a bit more and then maybe some more characters that revolved around um, Rex. I mean, obviously, we've got Gregor now. Um, so we're going to have to find out what that goes for Rebels. Maybe we'll get Ahsoka in season two. I don't know. Um, but I feel like, yeah, the characters that they've dropped in this this series have done well. Um, yeah. I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, I'm, oh, sorry, think... I'm glad they didn't like burden the the final with like yeah cameos and stuff. Yes, yeah, that's exactly my thought as well. I, I did find it really interesting that I did see sort of some people talking about how you know this final like the final episode was lacking a little bit in terms of you know appearances, which I thought was an interesting like, complaint because you know a lot of people complained that the show was relying too much on appearances and then when it had an episode which had absolutely no appearances, there are people saying, oh, where's Boba Fett? Where's Palpatine? Where's Vader? And, like, the, you know, this is going to be a show that's going to stretch for hopefully multiple seasons when you're going to get all these appearances are going to happen. But these final two episodes didn't rely on any appearances whatsoever. I mean, Tarkin appeared on a hologram and said, you may fire when ready. But, I mean, that was it. It was all the characters that we've grown with this season. And it was all about, you know, delivering the final sort of stamp in this part of their story and I think I think it was a big strength for the show that they didn't need to rely on any guest appearances in these final two episodes I mean even at the beginning of episode 15 Rekka just walks into the ship and he was just like oh yeah I left Gregor with Sid they didn't even you know they they wanted to get straight to the story that they didn't even like show Gregor they were just like yeah we've left him with Sid we're off and I thought that was a nice fast-paced way to be like we're not wasting any time here. We're going straight after Hunter. These this final episodes are about the Bad Batch and no one else. Um, and you know, I, I've seen people complain about it, but I think it was a really was a strength of these final two episodes, in my opinion. Yeah, I think this. I think the problem these days with people that are like um, consuming like multimedia things. I mean, it's just like like people get their own expectations in their head about like what they want to see or like where they think it's going to go. And then when they don't see it, instead of like actually appreciating what you got instead, they're just like, oh, why don't we get this? Or why don't we get that? You know, like people who wanted to see like Vader, Palpatine or something, probably the hype hyped it up so much in their head that when it didn't come to fruition, like instead of appreciating what we got, they're just disappointed. Um, so I agree completely with what you said. You know, this is the final for the Bad Batch. Don't need to see the other characters come in and like steal the show. Because obviously if you did have characters like Palpatine or Vader, then that would be the whole plot of the season, of the show, of the episode. You know, you can't chuck in like characters like that 
and then still have the bad batch be like the center of attention. So yeah, I can yeah. completely you keep yeah. the bad batch, their story, what they're doing, you know, and, and as I said at the beginning, like their character development, I thought was the highlight for me in this uh, finals, final two episodes. So yeah, yeah just yeah. keeping it as them was perfect for me. And I'm sure we're going to get plenty of time in future seasons with Rex. I'm sure Boba Fett's going to come in at some point and, you know, we'll get more Cad Bane and, you know, I'm, I'm sure we're going to get plenty more of all these characters that we want to see. I'm sure there's going to be some form of Vader appearance at some point. Um, everyone's expecting it, but it's going to be a show which is going to run for years and I'm sure we'll get those appearances when they work within the story. But at the moment, what was important was resolving the Bad Batch and Crosshairs season-long tussle. Um, and I think they did it really well. And I guess sort of just getting into Crosshair, specifically in that first episode, and then we'll sort of discuss more about the second episode. Um, I think the thing which got me the most about Crosshair was the idea that he actually, the reason why he was so angry and going after them wasn't because he was, you know, just wanted to kill them. is because he was, you know, following orders or whatever. It was because he felt like betrayed. It felt like abandoned. And I think it serves quite an interesting point that like Crosshair almost, it was quite a, quite a meta moment really because he got a lot of people with a bad batch, not really us if you listen to the way that we sort of talk about the bad batch week on week. Majority of the episodes we've really enjoyed with the exception of sort of one or two. Um, but you've got a lot of people who say, oh, this is filler. Like why are they just doing SID missions, helping out random people in the galaxy, um, you know, when they should be focusing on the Crosshair plot. And I, I interestingly, I feel like that got completely vindicated because it was Crosshair's whole point was that you've just been off saving random people this whole season when you should have come back for me and you never came back for me. And that was the reason why Crosshair was so pissed off because, you know, he was like, we were brothers, I was part of this squad and you just abandoned me. And obviously Hunter makes a very fair point of like, yeah, but you were trying to kill us. And, you know, Crosshair was like, I didn't have a choice back then. I have a choice now and I'm not going to kill you now. But I, I think that moment was probably one of the moments that hit me hardest was in realising that Crosshair actually just felt abandoned and he was still like loyal to his brothers. He just couldn't help himself at the start. And then obviously he gets the chip out, realises that they've just full on abandoned him and have spent the last couple months, I guess, helping out random people instead of ever coming back for him. You know, they, they risked everything to save you know people like Gregor um you know the the Sindulas you know they were risking you know life and limb to save these random people um because the Bad Batch are good people but they never thought about saving Crosshair um so yeah I think that was that hit pretty hard and I feel like that sort of (laughs) justifies the side missions because it makes the payoff for Crosshair work because yeah it's he was right. They were just faffing about when they should have been coming back for him. And they never did. Um, I don't know what you thought about all of that, but that was a that was a big moment for me that I really appreciated. Yeah, I mean, Crosshair's little, you know, his speech in the training room just before you know, a big battle. Yeah, where, you know, he's like, why didn't you come back for me? Or like, you abandoned me. Like, when you actually think about it, it's just like so like tragic, you know, because their whole lives as a bad batch, you know, like the... Uh, four of them, five of them, and Echo joined. Um, you know, they they are their own squad. They're their own brothers. You know, they don't spend any time with anyone else. It's just them. Um, and then, obviously, Crosshair tragically, you know, his chip activates, so he tries to kill them. And they do just, you know, you can probably understand from Crosshair's point of view that they do literally just abandon him, and then he's just alone. Um, so I, yeah, I completely understand where he's coming from. And especially after the chip is removed, you know, you can definitely see why he's angry and why he's probably wondering, you know, why they never bothered just like to kidnap him from the empire or something to like try and rescue him or like just, you know, stage a mission to like break into somewhere and, you know, kidnap him, take him away and take his chip out or something like that. Like they would take him no more effort, I suppose. than when they say Greg or like that was a, mission and a half but they you know they did it for him why didn't they do it with Crosshair so yeah and I think yeah it's sad 
the problem they have with Crosshair is that even if they rescue Crosshair, Crosshair still wanted to be part of the Empire. Um, but they didn't know that, and yet they still didn't come. And I think, you know, Crosshair wanted them to come to him so that he could persuade them to join the Empire, which obviously they're not going to do. Um, but yeah, it's, it is sad. And I think the making of a good villain is someone who you can understand what they're doing. They're just doing it all the, for all the wrong reasons or in all the wrong ways. Um, and I think that's very true with Crosshair. You can sympathise with his point of view. He's just wrong about the Empire, wrong about, you know, hurting innocent people. And, you know, he's just going about it the wrong way. But there were a few moments in that first episode where I genuinely felt for him. And obviously there's all discussion about, you know, is his chip really out because he keeps on touching his head and stuff like that. And I, I don't know. I do believe his chip is out and he is telling the truth here. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. What, I mean, what do you think about sort of the stuff with the chip and whether it's out, is it not out, why he keeps touching his head, etc.? I mean, after the first episode of the final, I was like, oh, I think he's probably lying. Like, and I was thinking he's probably just said that because he knows it's going to like upset them, and like then they'll realise then maybe his point of I'll oh, come join the empire because it's the better way to be will have more impact if it's you know if it seems like it's coming from him instead of just the chip in his head. But. Then after watching, you know, the, today's episode, he, he does, you know, he does keep touching his head, um, and I, don't, I really don't know. I think, it, I think he has got it taken out because some of the arguments he was making for the reasons to join the empire just seems to be like the classic, you know, I want to be on the winner's side, and I think joining the empire will give me, you know, I'll. If you join the rebellion or like don't join the empire, you're going to die basically. So it's like, I'm going to join the empire so that I can be the one killing instead of the one being killed. Seems to be more of his argument in this episode. Um, so I think it's out. If it's, you know, season two comes along and it turns out that it's not, I don't think I'd be surprised. Maybe a little, I think it'd be a bit cheap, maybe. So I think, I think having him actually want to go and join the empire because that's what he wants to do. I think it's far more compelling um, as like an adversary to the Bad Batch than just, you know, it being a, a chip again. Because um, that's Gak can yeah. be easily dealt with, while the yeah. issue of, you know, Crosser actually wanting to go and join the Empire and be like, you know, an assassin basically for the Empire or whatever he wants to do. I think that's far more compelling for like character-driven stories than just a chip. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I think... There's still room in there for a crosshair redemption. I think there is still room there for him to one day rejoin the Bad Batch. But I liked that they didn't resolve that in this season. I like that Crosshair's story isn't finished yet and where he's gonna go and you know what's gonna happen to him is still left sort of open for next season. Um I guess we're sort of we can move out as a sort of a bit of a, a leap on to talking about the final episode. Um, and I thought Crosshair in this episode almost ended up being even more interesting because you just, obviously he started off unconscious and then he just, you couldn't quite keep track of where his head was at the whole episode, which I thought was so interesting because, you know, Omega was trying to rescue him and then he was like quite angry that he was having to be rescued by a kid. And then, you know, he's somewhat, reluctantly grateful that he's still alive and then he was sort of having to work with them and um trying to figure out a way out and you know he wanted to survive and then there were sort of scenes where Wrecker and Tech were sort of confronting him about his behaviour and Wrecker was just like you know from Wrecker's perspective he was like well you abandoned us ultimately and then Tech had that really funny but sad moment of being like um, what was it that he said? He was, it was something like, just because I understand you doesn't mean I agree with you or something like that. Like, Tech understands what sort of person Crosshair is. He always has, but he just, he's not that person. Um, and I thought that was a really powerful Tech scene. Yeah, I mean, I like that little interaction that Wrecker, Tech and uh, Crosshair had. Because, I mean, first off, you know, you can really feel like the pain in Wrecker's voice. And he's like, well, from my point of view, like you, you've abandoned us. Um, 
and then obviously that pass on the crosshair when he's like, well, at that point, at that time, like I didn't have a choice, which we all know is like very true and obviously very tragic as many of the, story, the clone stories in a, in this time in Star Wars, you know, they don't have a choice. And then, um, you know, yeah, text little point about, you know, you know exactly what type of person Crosshair is, you know, because ever since we were first introduced, Crosshair was always a bit of a, um, I can't remember the exact term tech uses, but he's always a bit of a dick. It's probably just the way I'd say it. Like even when, you know, in season seven, when Rex wants to go save Echo, like Crosshair is kind of just like, why are we bothering? One, why are we bothering to save a wreck? And like two, he's probably just dead. So why are we here bothering anyway? Um, and yeah, the fact that Tech's like, I understand what type of person you are, but yeah, it doesn't mean that I agree with you or even like excuse your actions. It just means that I can, like, you can tell that Wreck is like, the reason why it upsets him so much is because he doesn't understand why Crosshair is doing it. And like, he just yeah. obviously wants yeah. Crosshair to be his brother again. Well, at least Tech, you know, can understand why Crosshair's done what he's done. So like, he can. Like doesn't bother him as much. I feel like mm. obviously he's still upset that he's trying to kill him, but yeah, I mean it. it links perfectly up with their characters because Wreck is sort of the emotional one who's not quite a critical thinker, and then obviously Tech rarely shows much emotion but thinks of everything through logically. So you know, Tech's come to this conclusion. Yeah, understand who um, Crosshair is, and then Wreck is doesn't. And he's just sad that he's not the person that he wants him to be. And I think that was a really nice little interaction. And it's sad. Yeah, there's some funny moments in it as well. But it's certainly sad to see sort of just this breakdown in brothership completely because of, you know, Crosshair's choices and the person that Crosshair actually is. Um, and sort of that divide that's been sort of wedged between them as characters. Um, yeah, it was definitely sad. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, I can perfectly see Crosser actually wanting to go and join the Empire. Like, from what we've seen of him, obviously, like, pre-chipped, we saw, um, or pre-Order 66, I should say, we saw him in, um, you know, season seven of the Clone Wars, and he was always the like the odd one out from the group. You know, obviously, he was, like, the brother and that, but, you know, his personality was slightly different to everyone else. You know, he was a bit more, I don't know, like just like dark grim you know just like say how it is like doesn't care sort of attitude um and then obviously with the order 66 he wants to join the empire because there's another choice but then i can i feel like even the the actions he probably went through while being under the influence of the inhibitor chip has probably just swayed him even further to being like no i want to join the empire like this is what's right etc etc um, so yeah. I think these whole things all add up to being like, well, you know, if Crosshair is free of the inhibitor chip, it makes perfect sense and for his character to be like, oh, I actually mm. want to go join the Empire. I think he's found purpose in the Empire whilst the Bad Batch. I think the Bad Batch is still looking for their purpose and obviously like protecting Omega for a while was their purpose, whereas I think now Omega sort of holds her own. So I think they're searching for a new purpose. And I think for Crosshair, he's found his purpose now and it's being part of the Empire. And I think he, in his mind, they should just follow him and do that as well. And obviously they're not going to because they're good people. But um, I think that is a lot about what it is, is about who Crosshair always was and the fact that he has found sort of the purpose that clones lose when the Clone Wars ended. And, you know, the Bad Batch spent a whole season struggling with who they were and what they were going to be. Whereas Crosshair immediately found somewhere that he felt was right for him. And I think that's, you know, sad and tragic, but you kind of understand why he's done it. Even though, you know, the Empire don't care for him. They'll use him as a pawn and then they'll kill him when they don't need him anymore. But he doesn't obviously see that. He just sees, you know, an army that needs a strong soldier and he's a strong soldier for that job. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like in this, in this, these couple of episodes as well, we've got some... Um, there were some interesting clone points in the background that oh, I'll mention. I was like, um, first off, what I think is utterly like tragic and just typical of um, Star Wars is like the order, or, like the person pressing the buttons and like firing on Camino is a clone. 
like you know he's they're the ones that are running the ship um oh, yeah that was the so ships have been bombing camino so you know when i saw um that little command that officer and his little hat like looking up at um rampart and being like right or whatever said like regular fire or like whatever i was like oh no i was like you can be pressing the button to blow up your home world yeah it's an actual clone who presses the button which destroys topoka city which is incredibly yeah. tragic <laughs> yeah and then in the start of the today's episode you had uh, a clone come up to rampart and rampart's like status report and there's a little He's like, oh, the city's like been destroyed. The, the clone trooper replies, and he's like, oh, the city's been destroyed. And there's a little, I don't know, like a little hint of just like complete. He just seems like really upset about it. And I'm trying to think of a better word for it, but there's like hesitation in his voice when he's saying it, and like you can tell that like it's upset him, which I think is really interesting. Uh, you know, the clones that are meant to be like at this point in Star Wars, like mindless. Uh, you know, like killing machines or minus like people who follow orders seem to have a lot of personality at the moment. We've seen, so yeah. I don't know where that's going to go. Yeah, I, mean, I think, yeah, I think obviously all the clones always saw Camino to Poker City as home and seeing their home destroyed, whether they're under, you know, once a, whether there's someone like Omega who's completely free, think, free thinking and obviously she's devastated see it destroyed there's quite a few really nice shots of her like lingering looks over to poke city getting destroyed or whether there's someone you know a clone who's completely under order 66 and his chip is completely still controlling his mind i think even deep down there's still a sadness in in them and what they've done because yeah camino was their home it was an important place to them and an important place to us as as fans so it was a definitely a tragic moment and I remember when, obviously, the second to last episode, when it was all getting destroyed, I thought, oh, God, I can't believe I've just been through that. And then they start this episode and the blimmin' thing's still getting destroyed. And I'm like, oh, for goodness sake, I have to watch it still blow it up and fall into pieces. I thought we had been over that. I thought I'd lived through it once, but we have to live through it again. Um, the destruction of Camino, And obviously there's a lot of um, poignant moments sort of when they... Um, the, the final place they end up is back in Nala Se's secret lab. Um, and some really nice moments between Omega and Crosshair. And I don't know, it's just, it's again those moments where you don't really know where Crosshair, <clears throat> where Crosshair's at mentally, sort of when he's sat down looking out the window. And he does sort of touch his head a few times. But then Omega sort of comes and sits next to him and he's very much like, leave me alone. Um, I thought the fact that all of that was happening in the same room that they were all created in was very poetic and um, it ended up being the the very pods that they were that their mutations were enhanced in were the very pods that saved their life Um, which is very yeah very poetic and sad but I also think this this sort of the whole episode was pretty poetic because the season started with them escaping Camino, and then the season ends with them escaping Camino as well, which I think is a nice bookend on the season, I think. Yeah, it was nice that it came around like full circle. You know, the story starts at Camino and ends on Camino, um, which I think is really cool. I think there was some... I mean, it was nice that Tech actually confirmed as well that Omega is like actually older than them all. Um, you know, she was created first and I know it was like hinted at in episode 15, but in episode 16, Tech just comes right out and says it. I think much to Crosshair's like shocker, I think he's just like in the background of that and does, he, he looks, I don't know, he almost looks like annoyed <laughs> at the fact that like she's like older than them. So like, because I mean, I don't actually know how old the Bad Batch are meant to be. Like, I suppose, you know, they, dub, they age, doubles, I mean, like they age twice the rate as normal people. So I don't know, they're like, I mean, they must, be, they must be Generation 2 clones, I imagine. Yeah. Um, they must be Phase 2 clones, so... I don't know, yeah. Uh, yeah. 10, maybe? <laughs> I mean, I don't think they're... <laughs> I think they're probably supposed to look like 30-year-old men, and they've probably what, aged like three times as quick or something like that. Yeah. I imagine. But yeah. 
but obviously Omega's yeah, probably what funny. 12, 13, 14 um, yeah so, she has like more life experience than them yeah she's crazy <laughs> considering you know her sort of childlike innocence and her not understanding war and anything like that obviously because they've been through it and she hasn't she's just been stuck in this in this lab I think all of that does make Omega's character more sort of sad and you really feel for her in this moment because it's like she is older than all of them but she doesn't have the life experience in a practical real world sense that they have Um, she's just been alone in this lab for her whole life yeah I mean it's it's just sad as well because I mean I don't know how long these seasons have gone for as well but and like what happens to their characters but assuming they all survive till uh, I don't know like Battle of Endor like they're all going to be like old men you know like Rexes and Rebels or like you know Rex's little cameo in Battle of Endor that was uh, was it confirmed that a couple of years ago or something like they're all going to be like old men and Omega's just going to be like I don't know how old will she be like mid 30s yeah, like, yeah. And she's going like, to outlive the Bad Batch for quite some way yeah <laughs> if they make it that far anyway well, yeah, I mean, I imagine Omega's going to outlive them anyway. Um, I, a part of me doesn't think the Bad Batch's story's going <laughs> to reach the years of the Rebellion. <laughs> I think there might be a large man in a in a black robotic suit, which might <laughs> stop them from getting anywhere past the next five years, but we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, I think it was in, I think this, this sort of final episode served as quite a, it was definitely, you know, the plan, <laughs> Omega's plan to save them all. It was very interesting, basically what I'm trying to say is it's interesting to see that Omega, who has always been treated as the child of the group, not only do we find out she's actually older than all of them, but in this situation, she's sort of taking charge and coming up with a plan and saving them all. And they're just like listening to her and saying, yep. And then Crosshair's the one being like, are you really just sort of listening to a kid's plan? And the Bad Batch, like, yeah, she's one of the squad. But it's sort of one of those weird moments where she's, it's always been that, like, Hunter's the dad. But in this moment, she's, like, giving the orders to them. And sort of it's like a role reversal, just as we find out that she's actually older than all of them. Um, So, yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there with, you know, Omega, the Bad Batch. That relationship has been developed yeah, I mean, I like, I like Hunter's little line after Crosshair was like, oh, are we taking orders from like a kid now? And Hunter's like, well, you got any better ideas? You know, because they their future is looking pretty bleak at that moment. Like they, you know, they're going to drown or get blown up as the, uh, the city like collapses or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't Omega's plan, was it, though, to get in the tubes? Or was it? I can't really remember. I think someone, I think it might have been like Tex, um, so it was nice to see he's still getting these little moment of uh, genius. Um, but And then obviously Crosshair came up with the idea of uh, using AZ to uh, pilot their little pods, which I think was, I think it was nice because, you know, it shows that he's still willing to join in and, um, you know, not just sit there in silence and let them like plot to their own demise, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Big moment for AZ there, rescuing all of them. Um and obviously him rescuing Omega. And I thought that was actually, <clears throat> I know sort of the moment got taken out from underneath us because Crosshair rescued them both. But the moment when AZ was seen to be dead and that little, the music there and him saying, I've served my sort of primary purpose or something like that to save Omega. I thought that moment was so sad. That really was a like tears in your eyes sort of moment. And we don't even know AZ that well, but just the way that that scene was was written and scored and all of that, I just thought, geez, that was sad. Yeah, I mean, it was like the thought of like AZ just like floating to the bottom of the ocean and just being stuck like there for like the rest of eternity was actually like making me feel like really upset. I was like, this boy, like he's not even going to get like the people will just forget about him as well because he's just going to like get at the bottom of the ocean, and I'm sure like. Omega will feel sad for a bit, but I'm sure she'd go over it. And I was like, he's not even going to get remembered. Like, this poor man sacrificed himself. Yeah. yeah. Which is, so I guess that's good that he got saved because it would have been a pretty tragic ending for him. 
Um, but yeah, big surprise there when obviously Omega, as per usual, decides she's going to go back down and save someone, even though it's going to get her killed. And then it's the it's the fact that it's Crosshair who you know rescues her, <clears throat> which was another one of those moments where you're just like, oh, is Crosshair changed his mind? Is he actually going to just turn back to the good side and join the bad batch? And then you obviously get that really sort of sad ending on the platform in front of the Marauder where um, Hunter says to him, like, it's like, we'll still give you a chance. Like you can come with us. And Crosshair's like, no, I've, I've chosen my path. I've made up my mind and there's no persuading him. And I almost thought with the moment that he saved the mega and AZ was him changing his mind for the good, but it was just, you know, Crosshair saying, you know, now we're even, because obviously she saved him <clears throat> and then he saved her in the same episode. But I do think deep down the reason he saved <clears throat> Omega is because like he it wasn't it was an act of kindness, not an act of I owe you one. But yeah. Yeah, I mean what I found interesting about that as well is that obviously, you know, we get the shot of him like aiming his gun at Hunter, or what appears to be aiming his gun at Hunter. Um and on top of my head I was just like, Oh, like is he gonna be like if you jump in that water to save her that I'll shoot you because that's just a waste of time um, but then obviously then he grapples AZ and saves them both um, but then obviously the, the next shot after they've come out of the water and back on the boat um, is Tech, Echo and uh, Wrecker all but pointing their guns at Crosshair um, obviously because they don't trust him and uh, even after you know it's clear that he was saving uh, AZ and um, Omega, they still don't put their guns away until he gives his gun to Wrecker. Um, and yeah, then that was a nice moment. Not, not any of them like appreciate what he did. Like, I know that is, you, you know, he's done a lot of bad things to them and you can't just like redeem yourself in one action. But I think like in my head, I'm just thinking like maybe if one of them had put their gun away like sooner or like just shown a bit of faith in, in him maybe like in that conversation on the in front of the Marauder maybe he might have like, been like oh actually I want to come with you or like been a bit more 50-50 about it if they just like given him a bit of an olive branch by showing that they trust him a bit or like have been a bit more appreciative I don't know yeah yeah it was definitely a good moment and it was it just shows that they still can't trust him so even in that final moment in the episode if he suddenly decided I'm going to join the squad again it would have been such a difficult relationship because there would have been no trust at all between them. Um, and they still would have never sort of wanted to leave him alone and with a gun and wouldn't have wanted to leave him around Omega. So I think there would have always been that lack of trust. So I guess it makes sense that he's just going to, you know, sadly stay on that platform until he gets probably picked up by the empire again. And it was obviously that sad shot of them just watching Camino burning, leaving him behind. And then that really sort of touching, sad moment when Omega was like, they're your brother's crosshair and, you know, you're my brother too. And he has that little look in his face of almost like, oh, shut up, stop being nice, stop being right. He's like, yeah, you make a good point, but screw you, I'm still staying here. Um, just that little moment which makes it all that little bit more difficult for him. Um, but he still ultimately sticks with his position and <clears throat> stays with the Empire. But I think there's still plenty of room for Crosshair Redemption in there. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of the stories they want to tell next season is him going back to the Empire and slowly starting to realise who they are and disagree with decisions that they're making. Um, I can imagine that might be something that he, he plays with um, in in the next season, and I don't know if we'll ever see Crosshair on the Bad Batch again, but I think it's open for that possibility. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see when he goes, you know, next season when he goes back to the Empire. Um, like some of the more questionable orders that he gets, like how willing will he be to go through with them? Because obviously, you know, at the start of this season, he was you know well up for like killing civilians and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, but I think that must, I think. That was before he got his face fried and, you know, I'm assuming his chip taken out then. So I'm, I'm interested to see, like, 
now that he's free of the inhibitor chip, will he still be like willing to do those sort of things that the Empire asks him to do? Or like, will that be, you know, maybe the final straw makes him leave um, and request help from the Bad Batch or like, yeah, request or like go for redemption with the Bad Batch. You know, I'm, I'm interested to see what's going to like, well, hopefully what's going to push him away from the Empire and back to the squad. I don't I, I don't know. I think it's wishful thinking, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was watching uh, Stoll's Explained. <clears throat> he made a really good point that in the episode on Ryloth, when Hauser comes out and addresses the clones, Crosshair could have very easily just sniped him in the head right there and just killed him. But he chose to let him talk and then just arrest him. And I think his point was that that was probably when Crosshair <clears throat> didn't have his chip anymore. And there was a part of him in there that was, you know wanting to see how it played out, not wanting to kill someone in cold blood straight away. So I think there is probably a little bit of good somewhere inside Crosshair. And when whether that's ever going to fully come out or whether he's just going to be stuck as an Imperial pawn for the rest of his life, <clears throat> I guess we'll find out. But I do think, yeah, there's definitely potential. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm looking forward to see where they go with it. I think anything that they do with... Cross that next season is going to be it's going to be very interesting. Um, whether he stays at the Empire and has to like, you know, come to terms with what he's actually signed up for, and um, whether he can live with himself with it, sort of thing, or whether he just like flat out was like, you know what, no, I've changed my mind and you go back to the Bad Batch. So I think either way, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting character character development. Um, and I have full faith that you know, Dave Flynn and the team will do something interesting with it and it's not just going to be like, oh, here's a sniper for the Empire and that's that's it. You know, I'm sure they'll do something interesting with it. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the only sort of final point to touch on, I guess, <clears throat> is probably leading up to season two, I guess, was the final scene with Nala Say getting brought to this facility with this person with cloning uniform, which looked quite similar to Dr. Pershing's uniform from The Mandalorian and then sort of suggesting that they've got work for her to do. I've seen two interpretations of this. One of them is that we're getting another good dose of snoking, as I like to call it, of them being like, oh yeah, this is part of Palpatine's cloning contingency, which it could well be. I sort of see this as potential of that they're going to start to try clone some form of, you know, new batch of super clones I have a feeling that the intention of this scene is potentially setting up some um, antagonists for the Bad Batch in the next season of potentially a group of sort of cloned individuals who may um, be a foil for the Bad Batch next season I could be completely wrong it could just be this is just a final sort of Camino. You know, Camino is completely destroyed. For a little bookend. Nala says still alive, working for the Empire, and we're not going to see her again. She's going to be working on all their cloning um, endeavours for years, and the only one that sort of works is the Palpatine one. Who knows? But I got a little sense of, like, could this be... She's They're going to set her to work on trying to create some... I don't want to say super soldiers because that's very Marvel, but, you know, enhanced individuals that could sort of rival the Bad Batch. Not sure what your thoughts are on that, but... Um, I think what it's doing, and I, I think it might actually do both of those things in one go, is obviously we have um, sequels and The Mandalorian kind of setting up the Empire's um, ambitions for cloning. So I, I just think this is probably, you know, putting some more place marks in that little timeline to show, all right, this is where the Empire's like starting their cloning process. And then obviously that could lead quite nicely into what you just said in season two of like clones, um, you know, enhanced soldiers. And that being like the basic uh, final like phase one of the Empire's cloning stuff. And then as they become more successful or maybe like they prove their worth. And then maybe this is how Palpatine gets like wind of the fact that they have a successful cloner, you know, like in their ranks. 
So he then gets the ideas for this sort of stuff that, you know, it happens like, what is it, like 20, 30 years in, in the future from yeah. where we are at today. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they're probably just pulling back on the timeline a little bit to try and fill in the gaps that um, the sequels and The Mandalorian have, like, set far in the future from where we are at this point. Yeah. Nice little tease to end the season. Interesting to see where it goes. Um, but, yeah, overall, I love these last two episodes. I mean, not as much comedy in these last two episodes. It really was <clears throat> a few funny moments, but it was mostly action and emotion and a little bit of tense, scary sort of thriller aspects to it as well um so yeah overall great last two episodes great first season um i'm sure you echo my thoughts i do yeah i uh, very much enjoyed the last two episodes and i think i'm gonna have to i mean i'm probably gonna go back and rewatch the season and like a binge like one weekend or something just to just to appreciate like in the same, just so, so I can view it in like the same way I've watched like Clone Wars and like Rebels and stuff. Cause yeah, I feel like, yeah. you know, that's obviously how, it, I think, you know, that's obviously how it was written. Cause that's just how all the other Star Wars shows and stuff have come out and that, that sort of binge worthy quality. Um, so I'll probably go back and rewatch on that, but I've really enjoyed it so far. And um, I, to be honest, I cannot wait for season two. I'm glad it's only a year. We have to wait. None yeah, of these things yeah. is, uh, quite a while so a year's a fine amount of time to wait and I'm very excited to see what they do in season two yeah I'm very excited for season two and this is our last for a while this is our last weekly um, you know reporting on the latest show we've got we've got a while until Visions comes out and I, I'm under the impression that Visions is dumping as one and then it's Book of Boba Fett in December so we've got a wee while of our weekly episodes being a little bit more you know talking about different things we'll probably we're going to continue our book club um which i think we'll we'll figure out what book what our next book club's book is going to be next week and then we'll get back to you um but we'll see continue our book club um and then we'll just have a variety of other fun star warsy topics to talk about what those are going to be for a while we're not sure we'll plan some interesting stuff but it's nice to have a little bit of um well it's it's both bittersweet sad to see the end of the bad batch um and the, the end of these weekly great conversations about the bad batch but also opportunities to talk about some new and exciting star warsy stuff over the next few months until we get boba until we get book of boba so yeah stay tuned for more interesting star wars discussions yeah i mean it is the world of star wars so i don't think we're going to be running out of stuff to talk about anytime soon no, especially until definitely uh, not. book of boba Fett anyway <laughs> yeah definitely not um so yeah, that's about it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Um, I don't know what has happened to my voice today. It's just been all over the place. So I apologise if anyone was like wondering where my voice was going. It was cracking, it was croaking, it was doing all, all the things that a good podcast voice shouldn't be doing. But I, I, I tried my best. I had a glass of water here next to me. <laughs> I think it might just be that Saturday morning, busy week of talking too much and then busy night at the pub talking too much feeling but i do apologize that's probably the beers i mean after i've had a couple of beers my voice goes really <laughs> deep for some reason i don't know yeah. why no idea like, next morning i'm always like sounding like a james bond villain or something yeah. some deep gruff voice yeah i feel like i just don't have a good podcast voice because my voice is just all over the place all the time beer or no beer it's just always just either one day it's really deep and then one day it's super hmm and like <laughs> bouncy i don't know but anyway, that's been our our uh, final weekly Bad Batch discussion of the the, the two part finale. Um, been a fun episode, and uh, look forward to being back next week to discuss more Star Warsy stuff. If you've enjoyed our episode, check us out on whatever podcast app you use. Give us a follow on there so you don't miss an episode, and then follow us on Instagram at Live from Vader's Castle. We're posting all sorts of fun stuff on Instagram. Uh, we're getting all sorts of interesting stuff on there, so give us a follow. Twitter, at Vader's Castle Pod. TikTok, at Live from Vader's Castle Pod. All the social medias, we're all over the place. And um, yeah, we'll be back next week for, for more. Yeah, I mean, look forward to talking about some more Star Wars content next week. So thanks for listening, guys, and see you then. Yeah, see you next week. Bye.